Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everything Went Black podcast. A while back, I did an episode that was dedicated to the release of the Craw retrospective, which includes their first three records and a bunch of other stuff. Um, in that episode, I had Hank Steamer, who masterminded this whole thing, and Dave McClellan, uh, one of the original members of the band, to make people familiar with who Crawl was and uh, what this project was all about, and uh, to sort of help help along this Kickstarter campaign that he was doing. So over the last few months, uh, there's been a lot of uh, you know sort of change in direction and a lot of updates, and uh, these guys are going to bring us up to date on this project. Announce uh, some live dates that Crawl is going to be performing. Those first three records are almost impossible to find, so this really is, like, uh, if you miss the band the first time around, a great way to get all that material, because you can't find that on iTunes either. As an added bonus, we have Will Scharf, uh, their second, or the third drummer. Actually, he was a drummer later in the band, so he, we had him as a sort of uh, addendum, um, if you will. Will was uh, he's in, on vacation in Greece, and... Uh, so we did a Skype call as a sort of bonus track that's going to be included in this episode. This episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. So if you're into coffee, check it out, savagegoldcoffee.com. Also, we have the affiliate sponsors on it, NatureBox and Dotsasara. So if you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, you can just check out the links that we have there and um, you know get a little kickback if you buy something. So... You know, check it out, buy something, and I get to wet my beak a little bit there. So, um, I never, I never mentioned this, but if you guys can, uh, you know, leave some reviews on iTunes, it helps me out a little bit. Um, you know, some comments, reviews, that sort of stuff. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Mike Hill HQ, and uh, you know, I, I'm on Twitter fairly regularly and um, also there's a Everything Went Black uh, Facebook, so you can just. Uh, Find it, find me on Facebook and uh, give me a couple of likes. All right, so I was able to talk to Will yesterday morning at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, we had a Skype conversation because he's in Greece right now, yeah, as yeah. you guys know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you were a little concerned about our conversation, weren't you? <laughs> no, I was excited for you to talk to Will. Pure excitement. What? Just what? What was the? You know, what was the content? Right. Well, yeah. first he insulted me for a while, uh, <laughs> and then, and then we talked about you know his vacation in Greece. Or, you know, he seems what, to have a lot of free time, judging by his email response has improved greatly since he... Yeah. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> and he's uh, there for months. He's a, a land baron in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. That's true. So uh, That's right. You know, that, that affords certain luxuries. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it went, went well. We talked about the band. You know, we talked about the you know, rehearsal and, you know, how that's going and his prep, level of preparation and how he's, you know... He doesn't think he's good and all that kind of stuff. You know how Will is. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's fine. He's not... I'm not concerned about him at all. I'm concerned about me. Uh, <laughs> but no, Will is, Will is on it. I mean, there's stuff that we have to relearn, but he was... Everything that we already knew or that we were learning, he was on it. I'm, I'm actually not worried. I can't imagine not rehearsing this material that you guys play all the time and then feeling and, and feeling comfortable. I can't believe I can't imagine taking all this time off from it. 
and then having this like crash course and sort of getting back in shape to play that stuff because like you, know, you guys don't play easy songs you know? no and some of it I mean we're, we're, we're also the nice part is we're taking it uh, old man style like we're not like you know blasting it at 11 and just barreling through yeah we're playing it at like a volume where if someone starts screaming you know stop it can be heard um, and then we stop and then we go back and rework but yeah I mean we we're not approaching it with any kind of um Overconfidence, so it's actually going pretty smoothly. Or the, the one rehearsal, and maybe those guys have had other rehearsals since. I don't know, but uh, the one weekend went went really smoothly. We kind of set goals and mostly accomplished them, and you know, figure out what we're going to need to do before the next one. And hopefully, we're all doing that, and then we'll get together and, and go on from there. So I think it's good. That's awesome. So you guys were on the podcast a while ago uh, to promote the release of a collection of material that was uh, you know obscure at this point it was all craw material the first mm-hmm. three craw records which are no longer in print and hank you were uh, you were spearheading that effort yeah so there's been a lot of uh, updates and changes to the game plan so you want you want to bring us up to what's going on sure yeah L- last time you know the the whole thing was kind of a question mark i think we were just about to start the the first kickstarter or maybe we already had i can't really remember if it was live yet but yeah there was a first kickstarter uh, campaign that I was doing to reissue the first three Craw albums, um, and that was in I guess the spring of 2014. Um, and you know the idea was to, to to raise some money to reissue the first three Craw albums, and that was a totally sort of like independent thing. There was no label involved or, or anything. I was just kind of doing the research myself and kind of feeling my way through to figure out how much it would cost to do this stuff. And I really had no idea what I was doing. So that that, that first Kickstarter did did well. It was doing it it, it, it you know got a good response. It was fine, but ultimately it was just just the, the amount of money we were trying to raise and the amount we were charging for the set and everything, the, the figures were just sort of off. And so, you know. But they were also what they could be. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. It was like I was I was just sort of dealing with it as someone who doesn't have any experience putting out records and there was all the pros and cons of, of that. And, you know, so that was 2014. I think the Kickstarter sort of ran down. We, we, we got up to like 17,000 of the target, which was 23,000. And it was, you know, it was like, okay, well that was pretty good showing, but I had no idea like how I was going to do it. And I think you and I were talking, we we're talking about doing a digital release. Yeah, just a digital release. Yeah. So it'd be available. But I'm, I don't know. I don't remember if you had a plan to get that. The, the, I, I did kind of, I did kind of have Spotify a plan. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking of, yeah, I was thinking of like doing a digital reissue. Mm-hmm. And then like, I can't remember exactly how this happened, but what, there was, there's a label called Northern Spy. That's a great, Brooklyn label that I've been friends with those guys for a while and I was talking to them about some stuff involving my own band stats um, and they at some point I, I mentioned that I was going to get the craw thing off the ground again and do it digitally and they were like well what you know what what would it take to do the vinyl like you had originally planned and so I sort of started talking to them and they started kind of crunching some numbers and then you know eventually we sort of figured it out that if we just tried to make a few more of them eventually at first it was a, a hundred copy model which the per item cost was extremely high the second time we're like well if we bump it up to three hundred because of like the you know economics of scale like the the per item cost would just be more feasible um and so you know we eventually realized that if we could get this thing down to around a hundred dollars for the item that maybe we could make this happen and so i guess it was in you know it was earlier this year it was like may 
May of 2015. We tried it again with Northern Spy on board. So the idea is we raise the money, right. they would put it out. You know, they have all this expertise putting out records. They've done tons of cool stuff with, you know, all kinds of. You know, I don't even want to go through the catalog because they put out so much cool stuff. Um, but. You know, we, 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 we launched it, and it it was clear from the beginning that it was just more feasible. You know yeah, what I mean? Like people, yeah, we have one involved. A, a hundred, yeah, and a hundred dollars yeah. was something that people could get their head around, whereas like two hundred dollars yeah, was not. I agree. And, and I and I understand that, and and you know, it just it just wasn't quite right the first time, and so the second time it it you know it did great. You know, it was like we ended up over the target. I think we raised like four thousand dollars over the target, and uh, you know. And and then you know so they're going to put out you know this is the record is the 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 set is in production right now so we we have a six LP box set the first three Craw records nineteen ninety three self titled nineteen ninety four Lost Nation Road nineteen ninety seven Matt Monter Surge uh, it's all coming out in early December um, and it's going to have like a two hundred page book of like photos an entire oral history of the band with like completely unpublished interviews oh wow um, well that. I mean, yeah, but slow down for a second yeah. because the, Hank put that together by interviewing all of us. Yeah, right. Um, digging some stuff out of archives. Yeah, yeah, digging some stuff out of archives, ar- archives, and then streaming it into like a, you know, obviously a kill. What is it? Please kill me. Please kill me. What the? Yeah. And we had one in Detroit, the same sort of format of just interviews telling the whole story. Yeah, it's right. really cool. Yeah, so yeah. so it starts from the beginning of the band in, in 1988. Uh, well, actually it starts before that because it does the complete musical histories of every member. So it's like oh, wow. Dave talking about yeah. when he started playing guitar all the way up to playing in punk bands and then going to school and meeting the Craw Guys. And it, literally like everything about every member is in there even, um, even Will Sharp even Will especially especially yeah Will, Will's Will's Will there's some crucial Will Sharp there's colorful tasty detail tasty in there he, he was he's he's an awesome guy to talk to and and every member has you know a really interesting history leading up and I think this oral history will really show people like what a strange mixture of like ingredients that it took to make this band, you know, because no no two members of Craw were coming from the same place musically, and I think that what they did wouldn't have happened if it weren't so. You know, it was really just like a convergence of. Well, it's it's also it's like Craw's the band is the reason people invented Venn diagrams because yeah. it's like if you lay it all out, there's like a tight circle yeah. that we all cross on, but um, or most. Most of us, even maybe not even all of us, but then it from it goes out from there in really different directions. Yeah, yeah, there's a really cool like kind of mixture of like self-taught, more self-taught musicians, more yeah. like extremely, you know, extremely rigorously trained musicians like Neil Chastain. You know, the the well, he wasn't the original drummer, but the second drummer was, um, you know, conservatory trained and just you know just extremely. You know, he he just couldn't have known more about music on a technical level, and then like you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of different, a lot of different stuff in there. You know, I have to give you props for trying, not having ever put a record out and trying to put something out on this scale is like, you know, even though that first Kickstarter didn't quite hit its mark, but the, uh, you know, the sort of motivation and to do that. You know, not having ever done any anything like that before mm-hmm. is pretty. You know, I got to give you a prop for that because I, I I did a small label for a number of years and it's not easy, man. Yeah. And it's no. there's all these like little hidden costs and you know difficulties that you have to deal with. So yeah, so so that's that's great. What, what was um 
So now, what's the stat? The Kickstarter is completed. Yeah, Kickstarter is completed. Yeah, the, the, the and mon- it's in production now. The yeah. vinyl's in production. Yeah, yeah the, in production. The, the vinyl's in production. The outer packaging is all done in the box, the, and, and the book is being produced separately. I should mention there's a third sort of entity yeah. involved in this, which is Aqualam. Okay. Um, these two guys, uh, Jonathan Swafford and Eric Palmer Lee, and the, and the, what, what they do is like it's a label that they have where they release music. And they release these like little books, like actual physical books, okay. along with the music. And so it's like a digital release combined with a book that has like you know just artwork and sort of liner notes and like wow. it's just like an extended like companion to the record. And so this guy Jonathan Swafford is an old Cleveland dude who's a, who's a who's a big fan of Craw from mm-hmm. like you know back in the day. Rocky Brockway, the other guitarist in Craw, put us in touch with Jonathan right around the time when when this thing was coming together, and we were we weren't sure what we were going to do like design wise, and then Aqua stepped in and they're basically handling the design for the entire set wow. so, so, they, so they, they laid out the, the box set all the jackets and the packaging and stuff like that which is sort of like a very kind of like subtle really nice looking like homage to the original packaging um, and then there's gonna and again this book which is just like sort of a standalone item that will be we're basically getting the box sets we'll open them up put the books in reseal them and, wow. then, and then they'll be ready for and that's all so your hundred dollars gets you all this material yeah that's a fucking yeah, great deal yeah six, six, six LPs um, all newly remastered music um, the Matt Monner Surge is remastered from the original master tapes. The other two albums, the master tapes are lost, so we did we did it from CD. Um, this is through Bonatti Mastering, who's Josh Bonatti. He's just sort of a well known, you know, um, you know, he's got an amazing mastering studio in Brooklyn. So we've got a lot of people working this, and you know, I, you, you know, all that stuff you were saying about the about the hidden costs and like what it takes to put out records and stuff. Um, like Northern Spy has been crucial in that whole thing because they you know they have all these contacts with manufacturers and stuff like that and so they, they, I mean they're really the ones who made it possible behind the scenes because like I said the first time I think what I had was like the, the passion and the drive to do this yeah. but I didn't have the the expertise and actually mm-hmm. what it takes to put our records and like you know Adam Downey um from Northern Spy has been huge and he's working on the promo right now and Tom Abs is, is also at Northern Spy uh Chris Weiss um and you know these guys have just made it possible behind the scenes, and and you know so it's it's really like you know Aqualam doing the visuals, uh, Northern Spy doing all the logistics of the release, you know me doing sort of the historical part, and and that's you know that's the release, and then you know obviously there's this whole other aspect which is the the shows, right? That's we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, that's, I'm really excited which about that. Which is different. Yeah. But wait, I, oh, can I? I'm, I'm I'm responsible. I derailed you when you were talking about the booklet. But just to to finish that off, there's the interview yeah. that Hank put together. Right. There's all of Joe's lyrics yeah. for once, which are correct. That's and that's incredible. It's right huge, there, man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like he he wrote the. I forget, well, we we got them from different sources, either off the record or off of. Um, well, they were, that's the thing. The first two records, the lyrics were not in, were not on the record. So we got those from Joe. We, we got the, the the old website used to have oh, them, the but they website. weren't in like proofread form. Well, so they were incorrect too. Yeah, they were incorrect. So you, yeah, so you can so, kind of go through the whole process. So we, I, I did some proofreading. I sent them back to Joe. He did some proofreading. We did some formatting, um, and and the bottom line is that it's it's for the first time we can actually sit there with the with the recording and go, what is he saying? Oh, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a whole bunch of ephemera, which a lot of which came from Joe. There's a lot of photos. There's a lot of uh, notes and artifacts and pictures of artifacts and that's all going to be in there too so it's going to be a very cool book 
Um, I just wanted to get all that in there. Yeah, we, we have a... T- I mean, it's really like a little craw museum type of thing that we've been compiling here. And I mean, not all of it's going to be able to fit in the in the book. And I'm sure there will be... You know, there's talk of putting some of this stuff online later. But it's... You know, the cool thing about it for me is that like back in the day, you know, when I was first hearing this stuff, there was maybe like two interviews and zines with yeah. Craw. There was nothing. I mean, it was just like the information about the band just was not there. And like, you know, it was just either like, you know, I could talk to these guys at shows or whatever. But I mean, this is really like, you know, it's a definitive... It's just everything that a person would want to know, or, or, or as much as we can fit in this book. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, I th- yeah, I think the lyrics being there in a complete form is really important because, as we talked about in the last podcast, and as you know, like that, you know, the, the kind of the that element of craw is huge. You know, it's, it's a big part of just like the whole presentation and the whole like appeal of, of the whole thing is like just the intricacies of what. You know what Joe has to say, which is enormous. Yeah. You know. uh, that's that's cool because like, I know that they weren't the lyrics weren't available in those first couple of releases. Yeah. so that's yeah. great. Now, for anyone out there who missed the first episode that we did together, mm-hmm. and who was also um, ignorantly unfamiliar with who Craw is, mm-hmm. um, they were a band that existed uh, in the '90s and into. I think what two thousand one, yeah, two thousand two. I think was the last, technically, the end of the that phase of two thousand one was was bodies, right? Bodies came out in two thousand two, okay. and, and it may have stretched into. I, I think I think the lifespan of the band is really like eighty eight to two thousand two. Like, if you really want to take it, like. On both extremes, yeah. okay, yeah, but it basically like a '90s band. Yeah, I mean, I consider you know I found out about Crawl like in '93 or '94 yeah. or something like that, and uh, I read about I think I read about Craw in Your Flesh magazine, um, and then my an old band of mine played with Craw at the Middle East upstairs in Boston, and Will was in the band, mm-hmm. and that's that's when um you know I kind of like. Got, became aware of who Will Sharp was. Right, right. And I was like, God damn, this drummer, man, is insane. And these guys are going crazy and they're playing this music. And like, um, the thing is, it's during that phase of my life, I was really into like the Dazzling Kill Men and like, you know, Unsane and sure. all those like, you know, amphetamine reptile, the noisier like touch and go bands. And, uh, and Craw fit very nicely into that sort of world. However, Many of those bands were not very popular, even even though you think back at that time <laughs> and you weird. you know, Unsane. I you know in the nineties I don't remember Unsane ever playing in front of more than about thirty people, man. Yeah, and but then, somehow they what did they do? Signed to a, I've, I lost track of uh, their. They history. were on a major for a little yeah. while. They they toured with like. Uh, you know, they toured with Slayer actually, mm. and then they they started doing these big tours, but they just never really. I don't know. You guys don't sound like Unsane. You sound more like your own sort of thing but you can hear for me the things that I heard in there were were like uh, you know the birthday party like Jesus Lizard um, you know like a Chicago kind of vibe being that there was like you know a little bit of the Dazzling Killmen sort of in there mm-hmm. those are kind of the things that I heard when I listened to the band and I'm sure that you guys probably have like a completely different perspective on it but um, it was definitely the kind of band that you listen to if you liked music like you weren't you weren't going to like put Craw on if you were you know putting gel in your hair you know putting your like aftershave on and you're gonna go out and like rock the party like that's not the kind of music that that these guys play you know but you know it's it was very for me it was something that i was like you know enjoyed all that all that material and there's a, a group of bands that i thought that never really were like hugely popular but had this like niche following 
Yeah. Um, and that might not have translated to playing certain cities. You know, certain cities, people just miss the point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I think of Craw, I think of La Gratona, I think of Glaze Baby. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. of those bands, yeah. you know. And, and none of those bands, you know, a lot, like Glaze Baby toured a lot. They toured until they had, like, no shoes on their feet. You know what I mean? They, they, they toured their van to pieces yeah. and bought a new van and toured that one to pieces. And, yeah, exactly. Season to Risk from Kansas City was another one that I think belongs in the... I was thinking, I was actually... Because I think uh, I think of Glaze Baby, and then I think of Season of Season of, Season to Risk because yeah. I saw them together at the Middle East downstairs. Mm-hmm. And Season to Risk had a brief period of being on a major label yeah. too. Yeah, they, they were in that movie. They they have a strange days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you. Um, if you check them out, they have a higher profile in terms of just kind of people saying, "Oh, I remember them and this, this, and this." And mm-hmm. they might not know them deeply, but they know they know them. You know, whereas Glaze Baby, if you check them out, it's like. Phew. And they had a lot of records out too. They had which, a lot of seven one? inches. Glaze, oh, Glaze, Glaze Baby. Baby, yeah, they did. They had all these yeah. splits and seven inches, yeah. and you know, and they were they were, uh, you know, once again, maybe not for everybody, you know, yeah. but obviously. But to me, they were like. I remember seeing them, and I, and I think it was at that Season to Risk show that I saw them, and it was, like, completely blown away by how awesome they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, great and similarly, the Craw. Craw was the same deal. It was like, you know, my, my band got on this bill. I heard about Craw, and it's like, you know, we saw these guys play, and I was like, this is, like, you know, some of the best, like, music I've seen, you know, performed. Because of knowing, knowing the records first and knowing how technical the music was, I was like, well, we'll see how it comes off live. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, that's what, why this. Just is so important. I know, what was your band at the okay, time? Okay, at the time I was in this band called Otis. Okay, yeah, no one knew about them. Yeah. Was that was that the big show where the cows were at? And, and no. no, this was Craw and Otis, and the, and some other band was on the bill too. I don't remember who it was. I don't, I don't yeah, know. it was at the up Middle East upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Then that means that my my parents have seen you play. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they, they must have got there early then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but ever since then, I you know I've found the records and all that sort of stuff. So that's why this is kind of cool for me to peripherally be involved in putting this together, or mm-hmm. you know, or at least helping, not putting this together. Hank put this together. I have no, nothing to do no, with that. No, you've been a yeah, big help to all. But at least yeah. trying to make people aware about this stuff. Yeah. And that's what leads into this an, another bit of information that we have to put out there yeah. is this show that's yeah. coming up. Two shows. Two shows. Two, well, there's a Cleveland show and a Brooklyn show. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So... What's up with that? It's going on this live they're, show. Tell me. Just going to be everything they can be. Um, it's going to be. Well, should we start about like just sort of taking it back through how that? Well, it's it's like we were saying on the car yeah. right here. It's like the story is like the idea was sort of obvious and nobody said no. Well, but and so now we're playing these shows. But I think if you take it back a little bit, the idea the idea it became obvious. But at first, like when like in 2014, we were doing the first Kickstarter. Like I remember, like people would were asking me, "Oh, well, they're going to play there," and, and and like I was just like, "No." The, I mean, they're just not even. I mean, I, yeah, we didn't true. even really talk about, it, but it was wasn't even on the table. No, we talked about it enough to be sure there wasn't. It just on the wasn't table, on the table. We just moved on. Yeah, yeah it was just. That's, it that's it was just like, okay, well, we're going to do the release, and that's fine. And then, and then, like, and then I can't. It's weird because I feel like it went from that to uh, you can. Well, uh, this is where actually it yeah. sort of flipped. Was at that liturgy show because Adam. Yeah. Adam was Adam, who's a very you know he's a great guy, just very sincerely was like, so are you guys going to do some shows around this release? And uh, you know, as a as the guy running the label of course he wants to know that and then just as a general question he was like are you guys going to do some shows and I said no of course not I just started laughing and he said well I actually got 
What's the name of the band? Uh, Erebrot. Erebrot. I think, if it, I think could, it was Duncan Will, the booker from Bunce Booking, that that had, that had sort of reached out to him and said, "Could Craw be available for these these shows with this band?" And that's you know not, especially at that point, it was completely not in any way possible at all. So I was like, "No, but that's really nice," and I'll like pass that on to everyone. And then it just kind of in conversation kept coming up, and finally I sent a I sent an email to Joe that was just like a heads up. This is in the air. If you want to put the brakes on it, now's the time, you know. Um, and then it it just sort of successively passed every hurdle until there was a group email and everyone said, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And we started mapping out rehearsals. And then Kathy at the Grog Shop, of course, was like, yeah, that's great. You know, we'll, we'll hold this weekend. And then Dave, right, at um, St. Vitus was like, well, I'll sort of hold this weekend, but there's conflict. So then we finally worked it out. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. But but I think yeah the, the reason I think one of the reasons which is might not be clear that it was so kind of like uncertain was that the the members are all sort of split I mean there's a, there's a there five of those guys are still around Cleveland Basically. everyone's in Cleveland except for the main of the main troop yeah. of players everyone's in Cleveland except for me and Joe yeah yeah um, so 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 I, that geographical separation was sort of part of why we didn't think it would happen but then yeah like Dave said like everyone sort of came on board Rocky. Very quickly booked the Grog Shop in Cleveland, which is a venue that Craw, you know, has a long history with. Which um, is at a new location, by the way. That new yeah. location, which right. is yeah. weirdly just around the corner, according it's, to Google Maps. It's, it's like, like, have you, have you, um, you probably I haven't been in the new one. Yeah, the Grog Shop is uh, right down the street from where it used to be. But not on Coventry, right? Like around. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I guess the actual street address is not Coventry. Yeah. But if you walk up that hill. There it is. On the right, there's like that little shopping area. Um, the grog shop is right in there, and mm-hmm. it's like maybe twice or two and a half times as big as the original one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's like maybe uh, I don't know, like maybe four hundred people can fit in there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so we we got that grog shop show, and then and then you know, Dave and I had been going to St. Vitus. You know, just to see shows, and I think you you were just particularly like that venue was like. Oh, Saint Vitus is great. I yeah. mean, that's just. A, I mean, we've all played rooms all over, at least for me, all over this country, and yeah. you know, whatever. And that's a great room. Yeah. It just sounds yeah. amazing. It's the right number of people. It's like yep. it's good. Yeah. So that was we're actually that was a goal. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so so I reached out to to Dave at, at St. Vitus and, 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 you know, once we figured out the date, he was like super happy to do it and just very enthusiastic about, you know, and I think St. Vitus has become like a haven for that kind of show. Like, yeah. you know, like, I, I feel like these like reunion shows type of thing, you know, they're, they're a real like niche thing. They have to be kind of like handled with care. Like I remember seeing that band into another there like a couple years ago. And it, it just seems like a place where like this kind of hardcore post hardcore metal, like, like these real like niche bands, like their, their followings like can come to St. Vitus and really like, it's a community community type of thing. You know what I mean? And I think I just think it's the right you know, I think it wasn't so much like you and I were like, oh Cross should play New York, it was like Cross should play St. Vitus. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. like I wouldn't want to try to wouldn't want to be at some other I'm sure there's other rooms in the city that it would work at, but it someplace where the enthusiasm wasn't there. Yeah. I mean yeah. Dave apparently knew who we were. Yeah, like, he did. He was on board with the whole thing from the get go and yeah. it made sense. So that's that's it's just it's just great. Yeah. And and so and so yeah, so we booked those two shows. Or December eighteenth is the Cleveland. December nineteenth is uh, is Brooklyn. We've got the long day of driving in between, which we're all sort of like, you know, semi dreading, but it, we'll make it as fun as we can. I commented um, on that to Will because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I when Will, you know, in Keel Hall, yeah, that, it always seemed like Keel Hall would play New York and then have to drive overnight to get back to Cleveland. Yeah, 
And I was like, man, you guys love those long drives, don't you? You know, those <laughs> eight-hour, you know, nine-hour drives. It's like, it, that's the only thing about this whole thing that I'm kind of like, could we have done this another way? And it's like, maybe we could have, but we decided not to do it another way so long ago that we started planning to do it this way. But um, it's also, I think logistically, it was just a thing of like, it's a big deal to get all these people who yeah. have very complex lives, like in the same place in the same weekend. And also we want to maximize the kind of like yeah. wave of enthusiasm and, you know, just the flat out like promotional aspect of yeah. it. We're just wanting to like concentrate everything. So the, the, the box that comes out December 11th, the next weekend of the shows, this is like the big moment. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, and we've done worse drives than that. Yeah. Oh we, yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it is what it is. And I'm just, I mean, and the other thing is it's not, it's a drive for a show that's going to be worth it as opposed to a drive, you know, in the past, it's like a drive to a show that was a complete mystery and ended up being a complete void. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not that. It's like those guys, I'm saying those guys because I know what the room is like and, and they don't. They Those guys are going to arrive here and be psyched. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, man. I so, mean, I can't say enough nice things about Dave Castillo and, yeah. and St. Vitus. And yeah. it really is the only venue for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even... There's like this thing that goes on in New York where there there'll be especially on a Saturday there'll be like an afternoon show, then you have to play the night show, but then you have to be done and out of there by midnight right. because there'll be like a, a karaoke night or right, some right. bullshit like that, you know, or some yeah. some like false like bullshit thing will go on immediately after yours, you know, yeah. like some dance party or some bullshit like that. And uh, and that doesn't happen at St. Vitus. I mean, I know they do karaoke yeah. and all that stuff, but they yeah, not, but isn't that a separate night? I, I, I like? think yeah. It's well, like, they're also not rushing anyone. They're not in, rushing uh, anyone yeah. out, man. All you gotta right. do is say, "Hey, look, man." You know. Yeah, their priorities are, are squared away. There. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're all they're all people who play in bands and yeah. love music, and you know, are are part of like like you were saying earlier, part of like the community. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a communal aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I really, I like enjoy. I enjoy playing there too. It's a great yeah, place. You know, it's a perfect size. Yeah, it's not it too is. big. Mm-hmm. You know, sound system's good. Yeah, that's great. Good. So once again, just to like, we're gonna we're gonna like really punctuate this now. Yeah. Right. When is the uh, the release date? Is December? Yeah, December eleventh, two thousand fifteen. Okay. So now, how do people order this from? They, they order it from the Northern Spy website. Um, I I, I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe it's Northern Hyphen Spy dot com. Um, and yeah, so you can pre-order it there, ninety-nine bucks. Um, also, you know, obviously the the thing that all the people you know pre-order on Kickstarter. Okay. I mean, I mean the, the thing is that, that that we have to emphasize that it's a three hundred copy box set. I believe something like a hundred and twenty of them have already been spoken right. for via the Kickstarter, and then like you know, there's X amount that have been already pre-ordered from Northern Spy. Some of them will go through Distro. Um, and, and and there will be a select amount available in like certain stores. But you probably want to order this. Yeah, you want to you want to go to Northern Spy if, if yeah. you're interested and you didn't do the Kickstarter. Um, then you want to go to Northern Spy Records, Northern-Spy.com, and 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 there's a big banner up there, and you okay. can pretty easily pre-order it. It's all pretty right, straightforward. Cool. Um, and yeah, I, I think you know there's all kinds of special goodies that people who pre-order from Kickstarter get. I think I think Northern Spy, if you if you order from them now, there's we're throwing in some of these posters. Huh. Zach, the bass player, uh, the second bass player, had had it in his, I guess, garage or something, this big trove of these posters. Right That's cool. <laughs> and so he sent me these. They're not the Derek Hess posters that people might know, but they're these, you know, sort of craw 
promotional, nice like promotional posters for the wall. Is it the monkey in the it, cage? It's the monkey. <laughs> yeah. So we'll let people. So people are going to be thrilled. But let's, yeah. We'll just. It's be kind super of an explicit. Excited it's kind of an explicit image. Poster. It'll um, be great. <laughs> um, so that's that's going to be available. Um, yeah, but 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 yeah. So the set is out twelve, eleven, fifteen, and, and it, it's it, we were hoping it was going to be a little bit earlier. If anyone's been following like vinyl production kind of woes, yeah, uh, we were hoping to have it out in November, but but it just got pushed back because of delays at the plant. Um, so. You know, we're hoping that we can beat the holiday rush in terms of like you know getting some press about it before everyone starts going into kind of like year end mode. But then again, this makes a nice Christmas gift. It's a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah a, it's, this is like this yeah. is the best Christmas you know you could have for, <laughs> for a certain segment of people. This is going to be great. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, all right, so Dad, please go out there if you're interested. If any of this stuff makes you uh, excited, go out there and pre-order it because if you don't pre-order it. You run the risk of not getting your copy. So go ahead and that's do very, this that's very right true. away, man, because it's limited. You know, and uh, I know I know it at least some of the people I've corresponded with on this podcast, I know this is right up your alley. So go ahead, pre order your copy and don't miss out on any of this stuff, man. And then the sh- the two shows are yeah, the only thing that we have yeah, really- tw- uh, twelve eighteen and twelve nineteen. So okay. they're, they're the week. They're they're like a, a week later. So it's like a one two, man. This is yeah, like you're doing this like right, right there. there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and we haven't said that. I think we haven't said that all the members of Claw are going to be in these shows. You know something? Yeah, Will actually talked about. This oh, did he, he on, cover that? Yeah, we have like a little supplemental. Okay. Uh, little interview with Will Sharp, the drummer, who uh, is vacationing in Greece right now. And, uh, you know, I, I got up early yesterday and we talked and uh, he mentioned a little bit about this. But I want to hear I want to hear Dave's take on this, yeah. too. I, I am thrilled uh, because the thing about Craw is that when you look back on it, and it, it ends up being like one of those weird European prog rock bands where there are a million people involved over different mm-hmm. different periods. And I don't think about it like that. But if you look at the history, that's the way it is. So we have uh, Will Scharf, obviously, Neil Chastain, who is a drummer on the first two records that are being re-released in this box set. And hasn't played in any formation of Craw for literally 20 years. Yeah. Or played any kind of hard rock. Yeah. Not, well, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's on a pretty different yeah. different tips. So this is an amazing chance to see him do that. Um, yeah. And Chris Apani is the bass player on the first album and all the recordings before the first album, which there were a few. He's, he was a bass player and one of the original members, one of the you know people at the very inception. Uh, Zach Derringer, who's played on the second two albums in the re-release and on Bodies. Um, Will, me, who was not on Bodies and what and I am on those three records. Rocky, who's on, of course, everything, and Joe, who is on, of course, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all going to be up there. We're going to be playing together. We're going to be we're going to be switching off so that we play according to who played what on what records. But then there's going to be some surprises where there's you know some doubling up and some kind of reorchestration, which is something that. I feel like we're good at we were able to do on the fly which just came from touring a lot and saying well this is getting boring how are we going to reorchestrate it so it's more interesting to us um, 
And so I think we have that ability to, to do that. And we're going to do that with these songs. I think it's going to be very cool. Yeah, and I think too that it, it, it kind of like like it does in a way live what the release is trying to do, which is really like connect the dots. This whole thing because Craw has this weird history where there's one record, Bodies for Strontium '90, which is on 2000, which is in, in in a way the most visible Craw record because it came out on Hydrahead, which was the yeah. most solid of any label that Craw was involved in, and it's still in print. That's a reason, by the way, why it's not in the box. Right. We're not trying to exclude it from the history. It's just that it, you literally can go on iTunes and get it. Or the record, or, or the yeah, vinyl. The, vi- so, the yeah. vinyl was put out by a label called Radar Swarm in France, which are still available from them if anyone wants the the Bodies for Strontium '90 uh, LP. Um, but the thing about it is that that Craw had its most visible moment at the point at which it was basically stopping to be a band in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, the, the amount of touring that was done for the for the stuff before Bodies dwarfs like what was done. There were barely any out of town shows played for for the support of Bodies, and Dave was out of the band at that time. Bodies is an amazing record. But it, it's the thing is, it's kind of the end of a story. And the whole point of this box set is to say, well, there were actually three full-length albums and an entire like history of the band before this record, so let's put this in context and see how it, like, Bodies is like the culmination of something rather than just sort of this only document that it kind of seemed to be if you were searching for Craw on the internet maybe like four or five years ago or something yeah. like that. And so the, the idea with the show is that we're going to show people the entire progression and, and and like each of those albums like makes sense in a context you know it's not it's like you know you don't just listen to like Led Zeppelin 4 and say you don't well because <laughs> no, I know plenty of people no, do. that was a terrible example yeah. uh, you, but I'm just saying it's like you yeah. don't just listen to like Seasons in the Abyss or something like that exactly like, and not exactly. listen to Rain and Blood that, or, exactly. or, you know, that, that's a better, or that's something a better like that. you listen yeah. to every Zeppelin record all the time because that's just what you do yeah. but, <laughs> but 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 uh, yeah no that's exactly that's exactly it is that is that we're trying to just like sort of fill this in and say look if you want this information if you want to follow the whole thing through now I should say we're not all the demos and stuff and there is quite a bit of that material is not part of this vinyl but we will be providing that to people through like digital all the people yeah the, I mean there's oh, there's, wow. there's songs that are on singles yeah and there's songs that are compilations and there's blah there's like it's just any band it's like there's Detroitus you know there's yeah. the songs that just got recorded and sent off on their own way and they're going to be gathered up for the digital yeah stuff. the digital so and, and like but, but oh, sorry go ahead but I was just going to say to go back to the to, to go back to the show we are going to play material from Bodies and and that at the rehearsal because Zach, Rocky and Will are are most newly familiar with that just in terms of time like you know everything sounded good at rehearsal and that stuff just you know it's like it's like the, the spaceship just Lift it off, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's gonna sound great. Um, and you're and cool. you're playing on this. I'm stuff. playing on that song. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. see, Dave was because well, I'm playing on all of it, but some of it I had played on before, right. so I'm revisiting that parts, and some of it I'm playing, you know, in parallel with Rocky and some variation and whatever. But just it, it just it all sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Matt and Marcus, who some people might know, are saxophonists who played on. Uh, Lost Nation Road, mm-hmm. and Marcus went on and played in, in a variety of bands uh, with Blake Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Ladio Balaco. Yep. Um, and uh, Electric Turn to Me. Not really. He wasn't in that. No. I thought he was in that. Is, is Maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong. Yeah. I might be um, wrong. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, Matt Dufresne and and Marcus uh, DeGrazia, who they they went to school with Neil Chastain. They were they were like heavy avant garde jazz dudes, and they played saxophone on Lost Nation Road, and then like you know various other like 
recording. So so they'll be. Uh, they're not both going to be at both shows, but they are both going to be in New York. They are both oh, going to be in New York. Great. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be like the Craw big band, like Zach was saying. We're, we'll have the holograph of like you know Elvis in the corner, yeah. the, the hologram of you know whoever. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be on PBS afterwards during their <laughs> pledge drives. And, Damn. Yeah. Someone should uh, you know what you know we should get some people to film this. Yeah. There's already there's oh, already yeah, some, you're, some, you're way ahead of me. Yeah. Okay. There's already some like we're not going to let this stuff go undocumented, and I think yeah. that we're hopefully going to have a little bit of the rehearsals being documented at least like with photos and stuff right like on. that so yeah but I mean this is a you know it's a pretty like special thing I think it's kind of beyond what we ever thought would be possible in terms of like an, you know it's really like oh let's get the box out that's going to be great but then to have the shows happening too um, it's an exciting moment while we're talking about this I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if this is real or not but like I'm visualizing a split a 7 inch that has a Derek Hess cover that had Craw, Season the Risk, and a third band on it. Is that true? Is that real? Did that do it? I just. I think what you're thinking of is there's a Craw Derek Hess seven inch called Cancer Man that was okay. a comic yeah. book with it, and Season to Risk also had a Derek Hess cover. Okay, seven inch all right, maybe that's label. what I'm thinking. So you guys never had a split. It was split a with Stark them. Weather yeah. Season to Risk. That's yes, right, that's, that's the one that's I'm right. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. they're not. They're not. They're two no. separate releases. They're two separate no, releases. Okay. Craw had splits with a band called Primitive. There was okay. one. I have that the one. Butterfly yeah. single, yep. and then the second one is. Um, the second one is a sick bay split. Nick, Nick that Six. I don't have. Yeah, so that's that's and that's actually an interesting one because that is a version, an early version of one of the body songs that was recorded when Dave was still in the band. That's a, like the the first version of the song called "Space Is the Place," which ended up on Bodies. Um, so yeah, this is kind of this weird thing because there were these couple of songs from that record that were recorded and written with Dave, and then. Yeah. But then Dave wasn't the band by the time they did the album, so this we're, we're kind of like just bringing all that back out, and you know, yeah, it's just it's just it's the show is just designed as like you know it is it is almost like a PBS kind of thing, but it's a complete <laughs> retrospective of yeah. the, oh, it's a complete great. retrospective of the of the material and late like, late night PBS really late, late yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four in the late morning, night PBS. Cinemax so yeah, exactly. it, it, um, but but it's. Um, you know, it, it should be it should be really special. And like, you know, I think like Mike was saying, it's like don't don't think that you're going to get the chance to see this again. So if yeah, you want to if you want to see Crawl yeah. live, you want to be in Cleveland on December 18th or in uh, Brooklyn on December 19th. And the Cleveland show is is well on its way to selling out. The the Brooklyn show is is has had some really good response too. So you know, buy the tickets in advance. Let people know about it. I mean, and just you know, don't be apathetic. Like this is the time to to see this stuff happen if you've ever you know. And I think Crawl. You know, like a lot of these bands, you know, people got into the records later and downloaded them on Soulseek in like the early 2000s and were like, who is this band? Yeah, it was hard to find a lot of this stuff back then. And so, you know, this stuff, you know, you're going to be able to find the records. People who have never seen them live are going to be able to see it. And, you know, it's pretty special because a lot of these people haven't been on stage together in 20 years. You know, a lot of these people haven't been on stage at all in in a long time I mean like I would say like I mean don't, don't say that you'll scare them yeah but, no, but yeah and I, I mean just, I think we said this in the last podcast if everyone listened to it it's like this cross stuff happened before kind of the digital world that we live in now and because we weren't ever on a major we didn't get pulled into the digital world except for bodies mm-hmm. so there is a little bit of a idea of like there's bodies and there's everything else but in some ways especially coming off of that that recent rehearsal it's, it's it really is a continuum it's the same band you know over time um and so th- you know thanks again to hank for pulling us 
into the present. <laughs> so speaking of digital, Will, all right, this is the vinyl release, which is limited to, or the physical, mechanical release of this record that's going to be limited to 300 copies. Mm-hmm. But will there be a digital component? Like, will someone be able to go on iTunes and download the songs? And yeah. That's, okay. That's yeah, cool it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that was a big part of this for me, too, was that, like, I just want someone to be able, if they're curious, to be able to search online and just, like, find the stuff the way yeah. that you would find. You know, because some of those other bands you were talking about, the interesting thing about it is they were, you know, like Dazzling Kilman or something, might not be that well-known, but their label, Skin Graph, was, has been around that whole time. You've always been able to go on iTunes or Spotify and find that stuff if you were curious about it. Craw... The label choke that they were on for the first two records was folded, and the records disappeared. The third record was more or less self-released by Rocky's Cambodia recordings, which also didn't last that long. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be on iTunes, Spotify, just anywhere you would find digital yeah, music, you'll great. be able to get this stuff. There's a couple of bonus tracks that we're that we're putting together for the digital. Not as many as the people who pre-order on Kickstarter will get, because those are sort of the like, you know. Original, yeah, the original posse yeah. <laughs> who helped make this whole thing happen. There's, but you know, Bandcamp. It's going to be on, um, you know, just what you know. However, people buy digital music, they'll be able to find the stuff, um, and you know. It's just going to be there if people want it. You know, that's really the whole idea. The, 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 the box set's amazing. It's a collector's item. The people who care, care. But for everyone else who might just want to listen, which is perfectly valid, you're going to be able to find it. So, And if you go to the show, uh, do me a favor. Uh, do not keep your phone in your pocket. And watch these guys play and pay attention because... You know, it's it's more important to do that than to, than to fucking periscope the show or like uh, you know record it and you know put it on your uh, whatever face face space page or <laughs> fuck you guys are using these days or whatever Twitter face Twitter face or whatever. <laughs> just pay attention and live in the moment, man, and fucking experience this shit. Don't just be a fucking asshole with your phone and fuck around. Well, I know? think to, to yeah to put people at ease, like we're it's, we're not gonna let this go undocumented. There will be someone filming, so you don't have to yeah. feel like it needs to be you um, but yeah I think and they'll do a better job than you can with your I shitty iPhone 9 or whatever the fuck is out now well if they have a 9 they could do a great <laughs> maybe by December the 9's going to be implanted into your brain probably, you know? just look in the direction but I, I think that's a good point though because it's like I can think you know just you saying that now like I can think about 1995 seeing the band for the first time and that isn't planted and you know that that, yeah. that that image is you know there was no option of filming on the phone and that that those images are still with me and that's why I wanted to do this to begin with and I think I think you're right I mean I think it's an important thing to think about that like you know to have these people together in one room to have like live music happening in a band like of this caliber you know I think it's an important experience to savor you and it's know. creepy to, to like like there's something right in front of you right live yeah. in the in reality and then you're watching it through this tiny fucking screen mm-hmm. on your phone mm-hmm. and and i think it's i think that's kind of creepy actually. yeah I, I i can see you know I, I i usually i think if for me i i would subscribe to the one the one photo rule it's like if you want to you know take a photo commemorate it but they're like the show yeah do your best to just like just see it and hear it you know <laughs> So, Dave, how how has it been getting back into this material? Like, you know, when when this concept of doing the live show first, you know, surfaced, what was your initial feelings about that? About doing the live show? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been a big proponent of doing the live show 
from the beginning. I, it wasn't. I wasn't thinking that we couldn't do it because I was thinking that we couldn't do it. I was thinking that we couldn't do it because certain people had kind of drawn a, a line in the sand and said we can't do this. But uh, I am. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel a lot of. Uh, I feel very excited about it. I'm anxious about it, but I'm not afraid of it. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm very excited about it. Um, and actually getting back and playing this stuff, I mean, it's weird. I've played a lot of music with a lot of different people in my whole life, but if, honestly, Craw is like the touchstone band for me. Like, whoever, whether it's Will, whether it's Neil, whether it's Chris, whether it's Zach. So going back and being in a room with all those guys, it was just kind of like, well, this is, you know, the wellspring for me. In, in a weird way, going backwards in time and going forwards in time, that's like where it, you know, that's kind of the, my musical home. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled. And getting everybody up on stage and, and having us do the material that we're doing, having some new ideas on it, not new in, I don't mean new in like a, you know, we're, we're not going to be, like we're joking, playing Bob Dylan covers up there. Like, not that kind of new. But just approaching it in a, in a fresh way. I think it's, it's going to be great. Now, how is it, like, did the did muscle the actual, memory come back? Well, and, that's a weird thing, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done that, if you've ever gone back to music from that oh, yeah. long. Okay, yeah. so, so you know, it's weird. It's like opening up the file cabinet, dusting off the files, and then... You know, whatever you write, whatever music you write, there's some kind of logic to it. Yeah. So you kind of have to find what that logic was. And then once you find that logic in those patterns, then things start dropping into place. Then you start retraining your, your fingers. And, and then sometimes there's some surprises where you just you just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's that. that. And I knew that. I've been thinking about it all these years. And there it is. And then there's other parts, especially because I'm kind of the, the, the most free player in the band. There's parts in the early stuff where I listen to it and I'm like I just was winging it <laughs> like this is like it's fine but I was just winging it and I'm excited to go back and, and, and you know wing it this many years later and have you know better chops and instincts and all that sort of stuff so that's that's a great opportunity yeah I think that's a good point though like like your role in the band like if people don't know Craw was a two guitar band well that's another thing about Bodies Bodies has you know is, is, is Rocky playing and so it's definitely more Rocky without Dave so it's definitely more streamlined you you know, rock oriented sound. The, the 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 kind of the signature for me of the of the of the earlier stuff was that Dave and Rocky were playing in it, you know, totally different roles guitar wise. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, clear like, you know, if you really want to break it down like rhythm and lead. Yeah. And so, you know, Dave kind of had this, you know, much more like textural role in things. Um, and Rocky was holding down with these amazing riffs and just the combination of that. It, to me Craw was really a quintet. You know what I mean? Really, really, you know, as, as the the original like concept of the band is a five piece thing and Joe as the freestanding vocalist and you know I'm really happy that people will be able to see what it's like with the five people up there or seven or, or nine. seven or nine <laughs> knows how many people yeah. yeah yeah no I think I think it's good I mean and, and a lot of it though is just really boring sitting on the couch headphones on play this headphones off play that headphones on play this mm -hmm. you know but mm -hmm. that, that's just what it is yeah, it's going to be super fun. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, this is like, a, this came to me right now, and, you know, it's a funny question, but do you ever listen to the Grateful Dead? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So hey. maybe it wasn't such a crazy question. No, it's not. And it's funny, actually, because in the interview book that Hank did, he kind of digs out a lot of stuff that, you know, it's not really surprising, but you just might not think of, like... 
one thing is I so I went to this school my only outlet for playing music it was a heavily Grateful Dead influenced school so part of my for a part of my period of time there the only thing I could do was play Grateful Dead music with some some other guys it was like the only thing available to me when I got to Case Western one of the reasons that I approached Chris Apanias right off the bat was he had he had a couple things going on he had a Grateful Dead t-shirt on but he also had a shaved head and a skateboard and I was like that looks like you know the crossing of two like cultural streams so I'm going to go talk to that guy so the Grateful Dead has been a yeah it's been in there along the way yeah because that's you know I mean not that's not the first time I thought about that because uh, I, I've never been a huge Grateful Dead fan. However, I did see them live in the eighties. Oh yeah, and I went primarily because there was a girl that I wanted to uh, get to know better. <laughs> and uh, I, we went out to see the show, and, and I'd never really, you know, it wasn't my thing necessarily. It was interesting, uh, but as a result of seeing that show and wa- watching those guys perform live, and you know. Being a huge Black Flag fan, and I knew Greg Ginn was a Grateful mm-hmm. Dead fan, it kind of opened my eyes to that. And it, right around that time, I was also getting into like you know listening to like you know uh, like Casper Bratzman and oh, yeah. you know yeah, sure. and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I've grown to appreciate a lot of their material. And uh, when I started listening to the Craw, you know Rocky was like the riff master; like mm-hmm. he was playing like riffs, and you were freer and going like more of a textural role. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. So that's why I brought that up. You know. Oh, that's cool. That's I'm dying cool. to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the other guys might like you know cry and stab me if they hear me say that, but it's like yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's a thing. But I think it, it kind of brings up this thing that's, that that you know I don't want to like sort of give away everything that's written in this uh, this oral history thing, but but I think that. One thing that all these guys have talked about was, and I think I think lines get drawn around genres in ways yeah. that are, are really, they're not the way that, like really truly great bands don't have lines around themselves with genre. And I think that we 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 were talking about that sort of on the way over. And like I think you know when you talk to, I remember talking to Rocky about one of the first things that he was impressed with about Chris Apanius was that he was really into Slayer and he was really into The Cure. And he was like yeah. at that time you didn't find people. No, you Because really I think what what it is is like you know th- there tends to be a mass of people who are kind of like have this kind of herd mentality about punk or metal, and we all know how those things can become these music these types of music that are supposed to be kind of free and whatever, they can just become as tight of a little box as any other type of music. But I think, I think with Craw, with the history of it, you know, you had, you know, like I said, Neil coming from this conservatory place and Will Sharp being into a lot of jazz and, you know, it's just like music people. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just music people, you know, like, 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 you know, and that, and, and taking from everywhere. Do you know what I mean? And, and like, like, I think that, that in a way is 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 the thing that makes the endeavor of this band like so special. I think it's the thing that makes it so. It also it doesn't fit anywhere, and that and that was part of the, you know if you want to call it a problem of like Craw not being better known, you know that was it, it. You know you couldn't you know could you call it a metal band? I guess I mean there's metal there's metal. Could you call it post hardcore? I guess yeah. Could you you call have to use it? a lot of words. Yeah, right. And so yeah. and so maybe there isn't a word, and that's sort of the thing. And it's like I think a lot of these these this really great music that doesn't. You know, I think maybe there was a time like we were talking about King Crimson before. You know, maybe there was a time where like music that just didn't 
there wasn't really anything you could call it. I mean, it, it, like, like ultimately, great music is just not reducible to 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 that. And I think like bringing up the dead, it's like it's surprising. Maybe it's not surprising because it's like you 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 want to take great stuff from wherever. I think. Well, and also, I mean, just given our ages and and when we grew up, it was so in the air at that time. Mm-hmm. Something like the Grateful Dead, like you yeah. kind of had to work to tune it out. You would have to work just as hard to tune out Slayer. You would yep. have had to work just as hard to tune out. I don't know Pat Metheny. You know what I mean? Like it's like you had to work to tune that stuff out if you were listening to any kind of music. So instead, we would just we would just try to bring it in. I remember being on, we were in Seattle in a really slow tour, and I remember someone putting out a, a Mingus album that none of us had heard, and we just all sat there with our hosts and just listened through the whole album, flipped it, listened to the other side. And it's like we were very willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's real frustrating sometimes with like the uh, the average you know music fan these days. You know, they just want like that thing that they want, and um, and you're probably aware of this too. Like even even like record production, like guys who record records, mm-hmm. you know, you know they they even have it down to like you know all right, this is the guitar sound for that. Yeah, you know? just because yeah, like people will respond just to like these like tags, and then they'll be like, okay, I like this. Like no one really. It seems like a lot of people don't pay enough attention to what they're actually listening to and they don't want to spend the time with it and I think that that's where you really miss out and I think you know a band like Craw you have to actually devote some time and like you know kind of like have like an afternoon if you're not familiar with the band like you know get this uh, you know this this 6 LP monstrosity that's coming out pre-order it and then take a weekend you know make yourself a nice dinner and like, <laughs> some, some good food you know and like hang out and like just yeah. listen to this and absorb it. And but also bring bring a friend. Bring yeah. a friend so you're not isolated. <laughs> you want to hurt? <laughs> so you want to damage just, yourself? Yeah, it doesn't just close in on you. Exactly. Yeah. Take some breaks. You know, yeah, right, there. right, totally. Yeah. Go for a walk. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's true. I, like we've been talking about, you know, there's always this question of like, oh, you know, which songs do, do we stream or what do we put online in advance? And it's like, eh, I don't know. I mean, like you could put, you could put this or that song and hook people in. But well, well, let me ask you a question about that. Um, is the label going to, you know, do like a full like promotional thing too? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're like... doing. Yeah, they're doing it right now. Okay. And I mean, like you know, we're, we're, you know, I mean, like uh, that's sort of a, a big thing about this whole thing. I think you said this to me before. Was it like I, you know, in the course of these past couple of years, there's been all this stuff on. Online, like I've written all this stuff, right? Which there's is which big, is cool. There's a big Hank Steamer slash Craw trove yeah, happening which, online, which, which is great, and it's fine. Like I'm happy that I'll talk, as anyone knows, I'll talk about this till the end of time. But you know, I would really, I would, I just want other people to engage with it, whether those people are writers or fans or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, and so you know, and so yeah, Northern Spy is sending it out to press and you know I think for them it's it's a tricky thing of like they're, they're not a I think this is the, the kind of what we were just saying Northern Spy is not a metal label do you know what I mean the, 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 but, but they're like an open minded music label and all that stuff we were just talking about like yeah. you know like with the dead and stuff I mean you know I, I, I just think of a record off the top of my head they put up this album by this um, drummer named Gerald Cleaver you know which is kind of this weird like free jazz psychedelic rock just like amazing like uncategorizable album and like you know they're, they're a home for stuff that doesn't really have a home elsewhere and I think Craw is like just weird enough that it makes perfect sense on Northern Spy and yeah I mean they are doing promo and and you know if anyone out there hears this who happens to be a writer or anything you know has anything to do with that and wants to hear the music just like get in touch with the label how would they do that and uh, just just go to you know just go to Northern Spy, you know, northern slash spy.com and there, there should be like contact info on there and they can, they can, you know, check that out or, or, or find me through, through Twitter or, 
or, or on Facebook, or, or on Facebook, or even I'm actually running the Instagram, which is like yeah. it's as deep into social media <laughs> as I get. But I, I'm doing the Craw Instagram, which has been truly hilarious. The people that come out of the woodwork. So it's no, noise is noise the is the sig- noise dot is dot the dot signal. Right. That's yeah. that's the Instagram. That's the Instagram. Craw, that's the, yeah. Okay. And there's also a Craw yeah. Facebook, which if you just search Craw on Facebook, you'll oh, find cool. it. So so people, you know, if they're yeah. into that stuff, and I think Rocky has a. A Twitter, which I think is Craw the Band, Craw Band or Craw the Band. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I, I don't know. Yeah, is that is like noisy? Gotten any interest in this at all? Yeah, Fred has been supportive of this yeah. thing the whole time. That's what, that's what I figured. Fred's uh, a music he, guy. He, he's. We haven't done anything for the new. Well, actually, no. He did something. We we inter- I did an interview with Darren Gray from Dazzling Kilman, which he ran. Um, while the second Kickstarter was live, okay. which was really cool to be able to talk to him because Darren, as you know, he plays now with uh, with Tweedy. Uh, with Jeff Tweedy, yeah, um, and has just done all sorts of cool stuff. And but but going back, you were saying the Dazzling Kilman that interview is great because Darren is saying a lot of what you were saying that just at that point there was Craw, there was the Dazzling Kilman. There are some other bands that you named. There are some other bands that Darren named or maybe not. But he was just talking about the affinity between the two bands mm-hmm. and how we just were kind of alone in like a, a desert. You know, like we were both, he said in the interview, we were both coming from ghost towns right. and then just doing the best we could. And then finally meeting up on the road. And it was really it was really nice. It was a very sweet kind-hearted interview on Darren's part. Um, and it's worth reading since, yeah, especially since you know the, the Kill Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so noisy. Yeah, that was a cool thing that came yeah. out of that. Like, and I, There's also a Derek Hess interview. I mean, there's, there's there, you know, throughout these couple years, there's been a chance to talk to people, you know, just, just get people's opinion and, you know, just be able to, like, just put the complete story out there. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, thanks for thanks for stopping by today. Oh yeah, thank you, you know, so updating much. Updating yeah, us for on uh, everything yeah. that's going on, talking about the show. Yeah. And I apologize to anyone with the uh, there's like this construction noise going outside. I think <laughs> I think they're building a bridge or something yeah. to go between uh, my apartment and the uh, the you know the apartment across the street. Yeah, you know, there's like a cast iron bridge. I think they're that'll be useful putting pilings into <laughs> Huron Street now. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so once again, man, just to hit it one more time. All the, all the yeah, info, so, so the, the information you really need is this this box set, which is I, I haven't even mentioned this. It's called 1993 to 1997 because those are the years of, of that it covers um, the lifespan of Cross. So Cross 1993 1997 six LP box set, 200 page book, uh, limited edition. Northern hyphen spy dot com. Northern Spy Records uh, comes out 12 11. 2015 the next week December 18th December 19th shows Friday in Cleveland at the Grog Shop Saturday in Brooklyn at St. Vitus all original members one time only uh, if you want to check this stuff out now's the time to do it you can pre-order the box set you can buy advance tickets to the show and um, we hope to see you there me too I hope <laughs> to see everyone there too man. everyone come if you're in Europe fly over for this yeah. go to both shows yeah. if you're in California you know, fly over Cleveland, New York, make a whole like three day weekend yeah. out of it, man. It'd be yeah. awesome. Bring the family. fly back, <laughs> bring the family, you know, be a good time. There will be family there yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. Cool. Thanks. Thank you so much.
what's going on, freak? Oh, you know, just fucking doing my thing over here. You know, how does it, how does it make you feel that you're the right. first the first person I spoke to today? I don't know, dude. It makes me feel real special and just uh, special. This just makes me glow. I'm like a glowing child. <laughs> Freak. Are you still in Greece? So how, does make you, how, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel disappointed? You're like, I'm starting at the bottom. Wow, my, whole, my, I, yeah. my whole day is disappointing. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be all downhill after this, dude. Right. Downhill, dude. Easy. Easy. Easy peasy. You're like a downhill... Coaster. What was your What was your last question? The what? Are you Greece still in, Are you still in Greece? Yeah. How is it, man? Yeah, I'm sitting. Uh, well, right now I'm I'm sitting on a, a porch, staring at rain and oh. uh, and clouds. Oh. And it's usually like it's usually like uh, anywhere from like 95 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, on any given day. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of turning into fall a little bit, so. It's uh, we got a lot of rain coming down now. Yeah, I've only which is I've, unusual. I've only been to Greece once, so you know, it's a. You cool, probably went to Athens, right? Yeah, that's the only place I've ever been to. Yeah, Athens is totally because we're in um, we're in Trikolo, which is like inland. It's uh, um, it's uh, it, it's kind of in the middle. It's between Thessaloniki and Athens. Okay. It's kind of uh, like the location of the Cleveland in Greece, like between Chicago and New York, <laughs> you know, in no man's land. But yeah. it's uh, but it's pretty cool. It's surrounded by mountains and stuff. But it's it's totally different from Athens. Yeah, it's which, a lot slower. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Athens. It's a major city. and wacky all the time. Yeah. So I dig it. It's pretty sweet here. How's right. New York? Shitty. Huh? Shitty. Shitty? Yeah, it's fucking... It's New York, dude. It's New York, you know, it sucks. It's like a bunch of fucking entitled assholes or like completely ghetto, like, criminals, you know? It's one or the other. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like hipsters and shit and... And, uh, and, and crime. Yeah, I dig it. I know exactly what it is, dude. Yeah. One extreme or the other. Yeah. You know, there's no happy medium, you know? So, um... Yeah, no, there isn't, dude. There isn't. So this Craw reunion, of, it's not really like a reunion. You guys are just going to be doing like one or two shows, I think, right? Or actually, is it a reunion at all? Because have you guys ever officially broken up? I don't think we ever officially broke up, dude. Um, Dave split for New York like 20 years ago. Uh, and then Rocky and uh, <clears throat> Joe and Zach and me made another record in uh, 01 or 02, something like that. Yeah. Um, and we did some shows and then we did a, a somewhat ill-fated attempt at a three-piece reunion because Joe wanted no part of it. And a friend of ours, did, I don't know if you know Karen Novak, but her house, uh, her house burned down like five, I think it was five years ago. And uh, we did a, we got together um, as a three-piece, you know, for a benefit show for, and uh, Rocky was singing. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know, I, I know I played like shit. <laughs> I think, and I think, uh, I, and then uh, a couple years later, some other benefit, and I asked Zach, I was like, you want to, uh, you know, you want to, you want to get reformed for a benefit. He's like, if Joe's not in, I want no part of what we did last time. Oh, <laughs> He's man. like, if it's going to be like it was last time, I don't want anything to do with it. So, uh, <laughs> whatever. But uh, Joe uh, agreed to do it this time, so we're uh, we're all on board. No, we never officially like you know broke up. We were never like 
You know, we didn't, we didn't do the kiss thing. Like, we'll break up five million times. We're gonna break up every time after a tour. And then next time we're gonna be some big reunion tour. We're gonna make a lot of money. Y'all ready to make a lot of money? We didn't do that. No, that's good. We never made a lot of money anyway. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So the show, there's a show coming up in New York. Is there? Are there any other dates that you guys are going to play, or just coming out for the New York show, or what's uh, what's the story with just that? Cleveland, New York. Are Cleveland they, show, New York show. That's it. Are they like the same weekend? I mean, the thing is, Vince. Pardon? Are they the same weekend? Yes, it won't affirm. I think it's eight. Yeah, I and then the next one is on the Saturday, which I think is the nineteenth. You guys like you, you guys years. like those? Uh, you like those long drives? I see. I, I, I miss you. You faded out. Try me again. You like those long drives, man. You know, dude. I'm, same story. Too old to rock. Too dumb to quit, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> time in the van. We can listen to Madonna for the whole trip. It's gonna be sweet. But uh, um, I mean, we, we would have done more shows, I think. But it's just uh, like logistically, it's difficult because Dave lives in New York now, and Joe lives in um, in Minneapolis. Everybody else oh, is wow. pretty much Cleveland centric, but but still. Yeah, you know, everyone's got jobs now, and uh, everyone's pretty responsible, and, and you know, and uh, everyone's a grown up. Everyone's an adult, so you know, it's, it's it's tough to go on tour when you're kind of tied to stuff back at home, and um, especially when you have logistics of you know of Dave being in New York and Joe being in Minneapolis. It's just it's it's a bitch because it would be pretty much just weekend stuff. You know, I I, I have, I'm the only person I think with the luxury of being able to to do pretty much whatever I want schedule wise yeah um, but everyone else has really uh, moved on from the rock and roll lifestyle you know schedule flexibility and stuff so it's uh, it's just a logistical nightmare so I think to do Cleveland and New York we're moving it up dude we're like alright woo big tour so <laughs> you know but uh, yeah there you go have you guys started rehearsing yet uh, we we practiced before uh, Georgia and I left for Greece um, about uh, the weekend before we split, which was the last weekend in uh, August. Um, it went surprisingly a lot better than what we thought it was going to how we thought it was going to go. Uh, and I think we were all uh, we were about each equally unprepared for the practice, <laughs> you know. I listened to stuff uh, as much as I could. I had to build a practice space because we just moved. So I had to build a new uh, practice space in the basement of our new house. And uh, that took about, you know, a couple of weeks to actually get together, do it properly. It's actually probably the nicest practice space that any band I've ever been ever had. Oh, uh, even though it's got like a, it's got like a seven foot ceiling. It's a pretty short ceiling, but still it's, it's decent, you know, it's small, but it's, not like shitty and covered with crap like they always seem to be so it's pretty decent but yeah I had to put that together and uh, we you know we, we did um, we did some uh, I mean, we just went through the songs and Neil came down and got in the basement we did the two drummer thing for a little bit and that was actually pretty fun uh, I was kind of terrified we weren't going to be able to fit two drum sets into that into the little teeny practice space but it, it, they fit and uh, I was terrified of playing with Neil because Neil's a you know a tight, solid player, and I'm just all over the place. So you know, but it was uh, it was pretty good. So it was fun. Are you guys yeah. gonna Are you guys gonna do that live with two drummers? That's the plan. No, uh, plan is we're gonna do um, 
I, I don't want to give away too much, but we're gonna we're gonna yeah, that's the plan. We're gonna do some two drummer stuff. It's not gonna be all two drummer, uh, but it's gonna be um, like a uh, <clears throat> um, you know most of the set is gonna be. Uh, how do I explain this? It's gonna be every um, member of the band that was on the actual record. So, for example, for the first record, it's gonna be the personnel that were on you know that record uh, playing those songs. Second record, those personnel, and third and fourth, you know, etc. So, it's uh, you know it's an accurate representation of what the records were. Well, you know, whatever, however accurate we can possibly be, I guess. Uh, and then we're gonna do a few surprises at the end of the show oh man like what tell me <laughs> no dude can't she, uh, we're doing a we're doing a blog or something dude I don't, I don't know if my mom gonna hear this who's gonna hear this I mean what's up man I can't oh, there's like three or four there's like three or four there's, people there's, <laughs> yeah there's two there's two people who actually give a shit about these shows dude nah dude I don't wanna tip the hand to those two people and one of them was in Kansas City he's in New York now the other one I think is still maybe in Kansas City and uh, that's it <laughs> just those two, those two dudes, man. The ones. That, that was actually. Huh? That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Is like, would like what the personnel was? But yeah, you just cleared that up. That each, pretty much every every member actually is going to be involved in this show. These two shows. Correct. No, that's, Correct. that's killer, man. And I think we even got. Uh, I think we got Matthew Frey on board for a couple songs. We put sax on uh, the second record. Oh wow! Damn. And we have. Uh, I think that Marcus uh, Marcus Rosinski. Uh, I don't know if he's going by Rosinski or DeGrazia these days, but he may be, and I'm not 100% sure, he was also on that record. That'd be pretty sweet. I, I haven't seen that dude in like 20-something years. He's yeah. a good cat, so I, I hope that happened. Matt's good, too. Matt's, Matt's a good guy, too. I never really played with Matt. I played with Mark a little bit. But, um, so back um, like back in the old days, uh, were you were you uh, were you familiar with the band before you joined? Like when Neil was playing drums, were you were you checking them out? Are you shitting me, dude? I was one of their biggest fans. I was like, I was the freak in front of the stage, just laughing my ass off because their arrangements were hilarious. <laughs> so, um, no, I was I was a big fan, and uh, when I got the call, I was like, wait, what? You want me to play in this fucking band? You gotta be joking, and uh, but it worked out, you know, it was pretty good. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of got turned out to crawl and like you know the Melvins and all that shit like right around the same time, just like with this wacky weirdo rock of impossible arrangements and stuff like that. Yeah, the Melvins were doing it around '86, but I didn't really find out or get turned on to them until you know the early '90s. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it was it was a whole new, uh, was new territory for me, you know. Yeah, I never got a chance to see. I never got a chance to see Crawl with Neil playing drums. The only the only lineup I'd ever seen was with you on drums. So this upcoming show, you're much better with Neil. Nah, see, I knew you. I knew you were going to say that, man. You know, you're always the first guy to criticize everything you do, man. So I'm not going to. I'm going to say that you guys are. You guys are equal, man. I'm going to say you're equal. (laughs) Whatever. No, Neil's awesome, dude. There was. And I, I, I just I used to crack up all the time watching that band with uh, with Neil. They're great. Uh, uh, but yeah, I was a big fan. Woo-hoo. So now that this uh, the older material, which up until now has been pretty much obscure, and most people can't really find a lot of that older stuff. Now that it's being re released in this uh, you know final format, like how does it make you feel, man? Are you excited about that? 
mean, I'm not doing cartwheels, you know. Uh, I would have been more excited about it if it would happen while the band was actually active. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay it. It's awesome. Yeah, I dig it. It's it's pretty it's pretty badass, and it's getting a, and we're giving a, it gives a chance to uh, to get back together and play a little bit. And you know, I always dug playing that band. I always dug the music, and the guys in the band are great. So it's it's a really good time. And uh, yeah, I, I miss playing that band. It's an awesome band. And um, you know, whatever, blah blah blah. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great. It's great. I dig it. It's pretty sweet. I'm pretty it's excited. Funny, I like. Huh? I'm pretty excited about it. What? Getting get in that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. It's 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 cool. It's cool. It's pretty badass. It's, it's it's just fun. It's like wow, this thing that was like just shoved off the side for 20 years and kind of dead. Now it's sort of a little bit back. It's not really back, but it's just back for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, because uh, it seems like there is, I'm not going to say that any of these newer bands that are doing the kind of noise rock thing sound anything like Craw, because they don't, in my opinion. But at least I think that um, people are more aware of, you know, Craw, like Dazzling Killmen and, you know, those those like sort of 90s, quote unquote, noise rock bands, you know. And I think that that right now is probably a really good time for people to at least to look back and be like, oh shit, I missed out on this or I was too young to check it out or whatever, you know? Because uh, La Gratona, they had, they had a, a re you know, their their discography was put out a few years ago by uh, Tortuga right. Records. And, you know, some people got turned on to them and they were in a similar situation to Craw, I think. Yeah, they were a great band. They never got their, uh, they never got what they should have gotten. I, you know, they, they could have, they could have been a lot they could have done a lot better than what they were for sure. Um, you know, we, we toured them a little bit, and yeah. I remember the first time I saw them, I, I had no idea who they were. I just, wanted to, I just popped my head into the garage shop one night after work, you know, and, and here's this band, and, and they were just ripping, and I was like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" And uh, you know, after that, I I think I went out and um, got their record. I found the record at a record store or something, and uh, but the record didn't really sound uh, like they did live, so I, I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, you know, by that, their, their singles I thought sounded great, but the record just didn't uh, it didn't echo their their live sound. I was I was kind of always wishing that they that they would do a record that was a little more um, you know accurate mirror of how they sound. Yeah, that's always difficult. Uh, that's, that's always hard, though. You know, I mean, I don't, it's hard to, to you know, especially for some bands that are so powerful live. It's hard to really capture that on a, on a record, like in a studio setting where you're doing multiple takes, and you know, you yeah, know. it is, it is, and it's and it's you know, it's funny. I think that um, you know, I, I think Steve Albini is awesome. He's 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 one of the best producers that exists. Um, you know, but sometimes his his, uh, his style and the sound he gets. There's certain bands it just doesn't it doesn't work for. And I think that LGs were kind of one of those bands. Like you know, he did the stuff for the Jesus Lizard, and it was like, holy crap, dude, that was just out of this world, you know. And the neurosis stuff he did was like, whoa, yeah, you know. And you know, I mean, there's a ton of other stuff that he did. I can go through band by band, but you, you get the idea. But there's a few there's a few clunkers that are that are like ah, you know, just the drum sound doesn't really work, and it's it tends to be the same you know flavor of drum sound. Um, and that's just it's Steve's style, you know, which is great. But it's it's like anybody putting certain musician in the band, and you know, sometimes they're, they could be the best player on the planet, but they just don't show with that band, you know. Yeah. And I, I sorry, I just got sidetracked by the LG conversation here, but no, that's cool. 
I mean, uh, you know, they're like one of one of my favorite bands of all time. Man, it was Lagratona. Them and uh, I always, I always think when I think of Craw, I think of you know Glaze Baby, Lagratona, you guys, and uh, you know there was definitely like this like sort of like group of bands that were maybe a couple of years like too early in their in, in their being active to really catch on with like the right people because there was that period of time like in the 90s like a couple of years where like noisy like discordant kind of music was like really big with with like younger kids too and then it just kind of disappeared you know and uh right you know i kind of feel like you know there's like a little bit of a that, that you guys are like just a little bit ahead of that wave and you're trying to like bang it out and uh you guys are a little too aggressive, I think, for some of the bands you might have played with, and you know maybe not aggressive enough to play with like Morbid Angel or something like that, you know. So, right, yeah, right just, exactly. Slayer's not going to take us on tour, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, there's there's no there's no uh, there's no you know square or round hole to fit that band in, <laughs> you know, to fit any bands in. There's you know outcast, weirdo, freakazoid bands people didn't understand. I mean, we were, we played a uh, we played a kid with um, uh, Only Living Witness. Yeah, and they were and they were, uh, they were like you know hardcore you know type bands. Um, it was at this place in in Worcester. It was like a I don't know, it was just like a weird like theater type place kind of. But, you know, it was smallish. But uh, when we were playing, one of the guys from the other bands we were touring with, I think that might have been the Glaze Baby tour, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but one of the other guys from one of the bands that we were touring with said that uh, during our set he was like out by the you know by the bar and there were there were a couple of kids there talking about us and one of the kids was like what are they doing yeah exactly <laughs> that was right. pretty funny yeah no. it was a typical response it's like what what's going on up there what is that crap I just don't I can't nod my head to it I don't understand it I'm going to the bar I'm going outside for a smoke so whatever it was that we got a lot of that yeah no, totally, man. And uh, it's unfortunate, but fuck it, man. You know, it's the way it's life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you, yeah, you got the same thing in all the band, all the Freakazoid bands you, you've been in and, you know, that you've started and, you know, ended, whatever. Yeah. It's the same thing, man. We're just, we all play in these weirdo bands. Yeah. We're weirdos. Oh, exactly. so that's how it works. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, um, I'm going to roll because I have to start my day. Right, it's, uh, it's morning here. And, uh, you know, yeah, I feel, dude. It's six in the morning. That's whack, dude. What do you? Why are you getting up at six in the morning to talk to a freak? Well, it's because I love you, Will. You know, and you're like one of my favorite people in I the world, you, man. Mike. You know, and uh, George just popped her head up. She says, uh, "She says hi." She says, "Hi, say hi to Mike." Yeah. Oh, hey, tell her, tell her I said hi. No, dude, I'm I'm uh, up I'm up early every I'm up early every day, man. You know, this is no you're a freak, dude. This is no big thing for me, man. You know, you're a freak, dude. <laughs> when you come back to Cleveland, we miss you. That's a good question. Um, well, we're uh, you know we have a new record coming out. Uh, it's, it's it's just an EP, but it'll be out in February or March, and uh, we'll That's probably good. you know we'll be coming through. I know I know we're probably going to be playing Chicago, and uh, you know around that time frame we'll be on the road. So um, so yeah, maybe uh, it'd be cool to play Cleveland, man. Like I, I had a good time when we were there last time, and it'd be good to see you guys again. Yeah. You know. Maybe we're not playing any place, you know, you want to pass through, you know, yeah. we got a new crib, we got more room. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're always getting a new house, man. Every time, it's like, every time I talk to you, you're like, I just moved into a new house. I moved, you know, it's like, man, you're like a, um, <laughs> this like land baron out there in Cleveland. 
Yeah, that's me, dude, Landberg. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm going to be running for president, dude. All right. Yeah. Look out, America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not the... Uh, yeah, I'm not Larry. <laughs> <laughs> retired, dude. Well, when uh, do, do what you got, huh? Well, you know the show. You I'll, I'll be at the show, obviously. So, um, so we'll hang out then, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I actually live like maybe four blocks away from the venue, so I'll really? be I'll be here. You know, I'll be chilling. Dude, we're gonna go to your house, man. Absolutely. I live by. I don't. There's no house. one here besides me and my cat. So uh, you guys are more than welcome to come over. Well, we're going to meet you, Kitty. Yeah. Badass, dude. Well, I'm talking cool, to man. Dave. Dave uh, Dave, and, and Hank are coming over on Saturday, tomorrow, to uh, to do the other part of this oh, uh, episode. So, um, yeah, I, I, they've been including me in the email, so I, I know all of that. So cool. make sure you give those guys a good, uh, give them a good ass whooping for me. All right, man. All right, dude. Have a, have a great day and enjoy uh, your stay in Greece. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. All right, you dude. Too. Good to talk to you, man. You got I'll it. Take care, you. brother. Bye. Sweet.